Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What's going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And here we are on another night. Only this one is very different than any of the other nights that we've had for the simple reason that this episode is going to be a free-for-all episode. Now, what do I mean by free-for-all? Well, I'm glad you asked that, my good friends. Basically, this episode will not be super structured like all the other previous ones. I've done a free-for-all episode before, and this one is going to be different on the fact that there is just so much to talk about. Now, in my last episode, I did say that I'm going to talk briefly on the Stargirl review, which I will. Every point I'm going to make will have its brief moment, but I will talk about it. Whatever comes to my head, will it, it's like rapid fire. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be a rapid fire motion. So, not super structured. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, if you guys enjoy it, it's going to be entertaining, hopefully. And nonetheless, let's get right down to it. Let's not beat around the bush. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get our shout outs out of the way. And oh my goodness, this Saturday night, and I'm going to hype the shit out of it. Hopefully it doesn't turn out bad. This Saturday night, UFC, if you are an MMA fan, if you are a UFC fan, if you love fans in general in terms of just did I just say if you love fans in general no if you love fights in general tune in UFC 252 Stipe Miocic will defend his heavyweight championship against Daniel Cormier this will be a fight that will determine once and for all who is the greatest of all time in the heavyweight division that's right this is going to be part three my guys part three Get it right now, pre-order it, UFC 252, it is Stipe against DC, Stipe, I just love saying that, Stipe against DC part 3, there's a chance that one will go, or two will go in terms of retirement, but it is a fight you don't want to miss, UFC 252, this Saturday night at 10pm, only on pay-per-view and on ESPN Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get right down to our episode and that starts right in a bit. First and foremost, I want to touch briefly on what I left off with in the last episode. The DC Universe slash DC Comics with their massive layoffs. It was such a surprise on the last episode that I kept on stumbling. And I know that wasn't the best that I looked ever on YouTube or behind the microphone. But 
it took me a while to actually get used to everything. It took me a while to get used to the news. It took me a while to actually understand what it is that was going on. And like everybody else, I couldn't really find the specific reason in terms of why they were doing these layoffs. Does it have anything to do with the COVID-19 thing? Possibly. Does as does this have anything to do with them switching and now changing all of their aspects from DC Universe, the streaming service, onto HBO Max? It's a high probability. Because now HBO Max is getting a full, high-on, motherfucking steam ever since it's launched. Literally, what, last month? A month and a half ago? But... As a consumer, in my opinion, it kind of sucks on the fact that the DC Universe, if there's a chance that it could be leaving, that's going to suck for many people that actually loves the content. Because, let's face it, if you can't watch something on one particular streaming service, you can go on HBO Max with everything else. They got the, you know, the Cartoon Network, they got the, you know, the horror movies, they got the Harry Potter movies. I'm sure that's leaving very soon because they're very similar to Netflix. Almost everything that you want is in that streaming service. But for me, the main reason in terms of why I want to keep the DC Universe is simple. The motherfucking comic books. All of the comic books that I love to read from The Injustice to DC Deceased, or Deceased to be exact, from the, you know, the Justice League storylines, the Batman storylines, the Rebirth storylines, or... My personal favorite, of course, the one and only, like, you cannot, in a particular way, tell me that you do not want to see a Batman, evil Batman comic book storyline. You know what I'm talking about. The Batman who laughs. The, 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 the seven evil Batman. The dark metal, the death, the, the dark Knights metal comic books. They are fucking awesome. Probably the best content that I've read in a while. I love reading otherworldly storylines when it comes to comic book characters. It's why I love just inju- um, excuse me. It's why I loved Injustice Two, and it's why I loved you know e- even though the video games were not up to par in terms of storylines, they were still pretty good, and I still enjoyed them. I do not want them to get rid of DC Universe because of that. And I don't want to basically be one of those guys where it's like, fuck, now I got to rebuy the comic books. Now I have to go into hard copy or I have to find some other way, go into the dark web and actually read the comic books from scratch. I don't want to do that. If they decide to put all of the comics onto HBO Max, I'll be happy. But in terms of anything else... What this means for DC Universe and DC Comics, I honestly don't know. I really don't. With their long, with their much long-awaited time to actually tell us that they have these layoffs, when literally in less than two weeks that we're going to get our DC fandom, August 22nd, by the way, like, are they going to release something else that's, in, that's new? Something in addition? Like, what exactly are they going to do? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. I hope they do not get rid of DC Universe. And if they're going to make that, you know, streaming service nothing but DC comic books, the same they, the same way they do with Comixology, the same way they do with, you know, some other comic book stories in terms of, you know, streaming services or an app or whichever the case, 
I would prefer that than just get rid of completely. But that's just my two cents. Anyway, let's rapid fire. Let's move on to the next thing. So, Stargirl. I've watched Stargirl, an episodic television show. And here is my initial thoughts right away. It's different. It is different in a unique way. And I don't really necessarily say it as a bad thing. It's more enjoyable than I thought it would be. I did discuss last time that I'm not really a big fan of childlike characters. And I wouldn't say childlike, but characters that are children or young teenagers. I'm not really a fan of that because for the simple reason that they tend to do a lot of dumb shit with their characters. But then again, you can say the same thing with anything. You can say the same thing with horror movies. You can say the same thing with, you know, romance or or, uh, rom-coms. You know, you can say the same thing with anything else that you see on any form of media or television. But I didn't love this show. I didn't really hate it either. I liked it. Like, I really did. I really did like it. I enjoyed the fact that this show was a lot more lighthearted than all the other previous shows that we've seen as of recently. As a matter of fact, I am willing to point out and say that this exactly what Titans should have been on DC Universe. Titans should have been this exact, uh, I wouldn't say exact show, but the tone and the, um, the, uh, the, the concept, it should have been the same as that. And the concept is, you have this girl where she finds a costume, she finds this magical staff, she finds purpose in herself... And she tries to save people around her. She becomes a genuine superhero. This is a perfect depiction of what a comic book is supposed to be. Girl becomes a superhero. Recruits her teammates. Fight the bad guys. Save the day. And I understand a lot of comic books are not just as cookie cutter as that. But that's exactly what this show felt like. It was It was a lot more lighthearted. It bring, it. it it brung a certain ray of hope. It brung to the fact that there are people that can be inspired to be just like these characters. And even though each character does have their own motivation, at least they actually come together and try to do the right thing. The season finale was by far the best one. Great fights. CGI, eh, it's, it's okay. It's not bad. It's okay. I've seen worse. Trust me when I say I've seen worse. This show was great. This show was great. And it is serious. But not serious enough where the previous DC movies and shows are dark and gloomy. Again, like Titans. You know? And I'm going to be making that comparison a lot. Because that's how much Titans really disappointed me. And disappointed many comic book fans or even comic book uh, people that love just to watch content. So with that being said, I, I, I don't, I don't want to seem like a dick by saying this, but I'm going to give my two cents here. I do not like the fact that Stargirl was picked up by the CW. And the reason why I say that is because the CW tends to focus on elements and stuff that is not particularly focused on their actual core story within their shows. What do I mean by that? Well, 
Let's look at the Arrowverse shows. And I understand I'm far behind in those shows, so I should not be talking. I should have someone else with me that should be talking around these same points. But, um, case in point, when, when Batgirl came out, I'm sorry, not Batgirl, Batwoman, my bad, Batwoman. When Batwoman came out, the trailers just made it seem like it was all about this kick-ass superhero, part of the L- uh, LBGTQ community, hopefully I said that right. It was about this person that is breaking into the mainstream of being this kick-ass superhero that has a representation of Batman. And yet, I can tell from a few of their clips that I've watched that all they cared about was diversity. They cared much more about representation of their community as opposed to making an actual good story. And we can jump around in terms of what worked and what didn't, but off the, off the top of my head in terms of memory, do you remember Arrow Season 3? And all CW was focused on in that season was the Olicity aspect, the Oliver Felicity aspect. You know, will they, won't they? Or should they get together? Should they break up? And, you know, and how almost every episode he does something wrong and then Arrow apologizes or Green Arrow to be exact. He apologizes and then Felicity tries to straighten him up back again. Or, you know, Felicity had this topsy-turvy aspect where she would be understanding but then would be a little bit of a bitch and then she would be like, Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't tell me about your son type of thing. Like it, it If you remembered years ago, there were a lot of hardcore fans that wanted Felicity to die in that season. That's what I'm trying to get at. The CW network focuses more on drama than an actual story or a cohesive story. They focus more on diversity and representation. They focus more on the elements that is appeasing to a fan that doesn't really care or doesn't really have their brain turned on. And I understand what I just said is subjective. I can understand that there are a lot of opinions that might be dissuaded from what I just said. I'm just putting in my two cents. Stargirl did not focus on diversity. And if they did, it was very subtle. You know, you have Yolanda. You have the girl that talks too much. You have the big brute angry guy. You had, you know, Luke Wilson, who was like the sidekick slash fun, you know, comedic relief. Only there were some funny moments, but not enough where it diverted away from the attention of the actual plot. I'm just hoping that CW does not make this show into another drama-like show where we have to pay attention to the romance and we have to pay attention to the diversity and the representation. And I know I'm saying diversity like like it's a negative thing, but it's not. It should not be. However, when showrunners or producers or directors shove diversity so much in your throat, you instantly reject it. You instantly back away from it. And it's one of the main reasons why, as of late, Marvel movies has been getting a lot of heat because of it. Because Kevin Feige said, oh, we're going to focus so much on, 
you know, the, the, the empowerment of women. And we're going to focus on the empowerment of the, you know, the LGBTQ community. We're going to focus on so much on, on all this stuff back then. Okay, fine. I get it. Whatever. Do you. Stop telling us that. Show it. Stop telling us what we need to focus on. Fucking show it. You know? I, I said this in one of my previous episodes before. And I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I completely agree with him. When it comes to a hardcore feminist, and they want to get their point across, right? A friend of mine told me, and I'm sure he got this from another YouTuber. He said, I am not mad you have a vagina. I am mad that you're telling me you have a vagina. So... Whatever you want to assess from that statement is completely up to you. But I wholeheartedly agree that they cannot be so forceful in their representation. And I'm hoping CW doesn't go that route with this show. Bottom line, this show was good. The show was great. I love the finale. I, I love Yolanda's character. I love each character in terms of them completing their arc. I love the fact that you have morality aspects. I love the fact that there was a particular episode where the main character was actually questioning her self-belief and the fact that she had doubts on her being a superhero and it took the support of her family to try to rise her back up and do what she absolutely is meant to do. I love all of that. And I feel like, as I said, this is an actual depiction of a comic book show. It is a real comic book show. And the fact that this show inspires hope and strength and family and standing together and being as one and have kick, cool ass, kick ass fighting styles, I'm all for it. CW, don't fuck this up. That's all I gotta say about that. Anyway, next up we have. The Spider-Man 3 rumor title, which is supposed to be Homesick. Now, how do I want to jump on this? I'm going to be honest. Do I care about the title? Not really. I just care about the content. I care about what it is within the movie that they're going to show us that we actually can have a great storyline film. From Spider-Man 2, Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, we got the cool-ass J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I, my girlfriend would strongly support this well. I greeted like a little girl. I'm, yeah, good. That's exactly how I was. It was such a great moment where the inner nerd and the, the inner geek side of me literally went out and be like, Fuck yes, 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 yes. So that's how I felt. I highly, highly do believe that this movie is going to focus a lot more on everyone. And by everyone, I mean the main villains and the town and everybody else just honing in to Spider-Man. Because they now know who he is. They now uh, know his identity. And... They're going to try to do whatever they can to get to him. Whether it's through his aunt. 
whether it's through MJ, whether it's through his friends Ned, whether it's through anybody. They're going to use whatever tactic they can to break down Spider-Man. I honestly do believe that this is Spider-Man's probably toughest battle yet to come in the third movie. And I can't wait to fucking see it. As term as in terms of the title, like I said, I really don't care much about the title. It could be I thought the title would be Spider-Man Home Invasion or Spider-Man, you know, Homestead or uh, I I don't want to say homeliness because he's not really, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm like jumping out of the wall here. If it is homesick, whatever. I know there were a lot of fans that were not even, you know, utterly great about them having Avengers Endgame because the title didn't really mean much, but it was still a kick-ass movie, regardless of the title. And I understand that I did say at one point that the title actually depicts or is supposed to depict what the main movie is going to be about. So if the title is going to be Spider-Man Homesick, great. They'll, they will lead him to his home and... You know, it, he doesn't have to be outside of New York for the title to work. Maybe New York City will be against him completely. And that's going to be a very interesting movie to watch. Can't fucking wait for it. So if it's Spider-Man 3 Homesick or Spider-Man Homesick, kudos. If it's something else, whatever. It's a title. You know, some titles, they do have meanings. Others, you, we can't make everyone happy. We just can't. Anyway, next topic to discuss. So, Ray Fisher accuses Jeff Johns. He accuses Jeff Johns of threatening his career. And I actually have a tweet from Jeff Johns that I'm going to read out right now. And I'm going to post on, you know, so that way you guys can see it. But this is exactly what he said. This is a a tweet that he put. During the LA reshoots for Justice League, Jeff Johns summoned me to his office to belittle and admonish me, my, and my agent's attempts. I swear he can't have great grammar. To belittle and admonish my and my agent's attempts to take grievances up the proper chain of command. He then made a thinly veiled threat to my career. This behavior cannot continue. A over E. Okay. So, a few weeks ago, Ray Fisher, the guy that plays Cyborg, basically complained and honed down against Joss Sweden for the choice that he made behind the scenes. After that movie, uh, ap- not after that movie, after that news broke out, I did say previously that we should look at both sides of the coin. We should look at in terms of what Joss Sweden was doing or what decisions that he did that actually made Ray Fisher so upset. Jeff Johns came to Josh Sweden's aid, in a way, and said that Ray Fisher, paraphrasing here, that Ray Fisher was hard to deal with. He was hard to deal with. He couldn't say the cyborg's catchphrase, booyah. He did not want to do anything reserving to that. So now all of a sudden, Ray Fisher is complaining about Jeff Johns, one of the most greatest comic book Directors, producers, and writers of all time in the DC Universe. For our DC Universe. 
my question is this. Why now? And I said this before. I even asked this question before. Why now? Why all of a sudden, three years after the movie Justice League finished, why now are you bringing this up? Like, what is your purpose really? Are you finally... Are you finally admitting that there were a lot of problems that was going on behind the scenes? And even if there were, even if there were, why don't you get anyone else to validate that with you? Like, was, is there anyone else? Gal Gadot, could she maybe want to say something? Does Ben Affleck want to say something about it? Does, you know, Jason Momoa, you know, the hottest guy to almost every other woman, does he want to say something? Like, I don't understand... Why Ray Fisher is bringing up these points now, three years after the conclusion of the film, one year before Zack, Sny- uh, Zack Snyder's new release film of the Justice League for HBO Max. Now, let's look at the flip side of the coin. Let's take his words to face value. Why isn't Jeff Johns and Josh Sweden saying anything? I can understand that maybe they think that this is trying to be a dick measuring contest to see whose balls are bigger. I guess some fans will always believe Ray Fisher's point of view and other fans will stay with Jeff Johns and Josh Sweden's point of view. Whatever that point of view is. I just don't understand why now of all of a sudden. And also, not in addition to why now... Why in these bits and pieces, why not just tell your full story? I It's hard for me to believe that TMZ or whatever uh, entertainment news media is not knocking on Ray Fisher's door right now and be like, Hey, let's get an exclusive interview. How about you tell your side of the story completely? Uh, c- completely. Fuck that I just say. Completely. Cards on the table, no holds barred, just say whatever the fuck you want to say. And in return, in return, let's go to Josh Sweden and Jeff Johns, let's get their side of the story. Now, I don't know if this is even enough for Warrant News or whichever because there's really nothing that either party stands to lose. Jeff Johns is always going to be Jeff Johns, he's always going to do his own thing. He's going to be directing, producing, writing. He's going to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. But again, to Ray Fisher, there are some people that are saying that he's being a little bit of a bitch. And there are some people that are saying that he's finally standing up to himself with all of this cancel culture and woke culture going on. So, again, why now? And if you're going to do it now, why in pieces? Just tell us what happened. If something went down behind the scenes, tell us. If some frustrations, and not just tell us, get someone else to do it. with. Don't conspire, obviously. Don't make them lie. But if there are witnesses, there must be a camera crew that recorded almost everything that went on behind the scenes. Because there usually always is. Get them involved if you can. And if nothing happened, what the hell is the point? Like, I don't get it. What the hell is the point? But, I don't know. I, I, I'm i going a little bit over the top here. I, I think I am. 
Last piece of the news. Uh, I have it right here in my notes. It's in my notes. Uh, by the way, if you can guess where that reference came from, I will highly praise you into the best of my abilities. Be like, okay, no, 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 don't worry. I got it right here. It's in my notes. <laughs> I love that movie. AMC theaters will reopen more than 100 cinemas on August 20th. And they're going to do 15 cents per movie, per ticket, basically. It is the 1920s, you know, their version of reopening their theater. Regal Cinemas, the very next day, will open some of their theaters on August 21st. Okay. I talked about this when I was speaking about my Black Widow uh, prediction if they were going to be released in theaters and at the same time maybe be on Disney Plus or HBO Max or Video On Demand. If this is true and it's not postponed in any way that they are going to keep to their to their schedule that at the August 20th, that's literally next week, that they're going to keep their schedule and more than 100 store, uh, stores, 100 theaters will be open. I highly recommend this. Be mindful. Be cautious. Be protective. Do what they're supposed to do. If there's going to be a seat in between, fuck it. Let it be a seat in between. If there's going to be, you know, a, a moment where everyone needs to have hand, sanitar- uh, hand sanitizers and you need to have your mask on at all times while watching a movie, whatever movie that's going to be showing in theaters, okay, I get that. Don't give these guys a hard time because if this is their way of trying to reopen the theater so that we can, that way we can finally get back to normal, I'm all for it. Just be cautious about it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be very, very careful. And just follow the protocols. My last message that I want, in, in addition to that, the last message before we end this, uh, this, end this episode, don't be a Karen. Do not be a Karen. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, once again, (laughs) I don't know, I can't even talk very well. Once again, guys, if you like what you hear, if you like what you saw, continue to like and subscribe. Hit that like button, uh, subscribe, share, do whatever these young kids now do. Make a comment. Let's have a discussion. Let's do whatever you want. If there's anything that you want me to do on the next episode, jot it down below. Like let's let's communicate. Let's let's build on the community. Let's 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 place the seven deities. I don't know what the fuck that I'm even going on about. <laughs> I'm having fun here. Guys, once again, as always, thank you guys so much. Uh like, subscribe, share, do whatever you gotta do so that way we can continue to grow. And if anything else. If you don't like watching on YouTube, Spotify and Stitcher is the best way to get to uh to to, to get to get to get <laughs> to listen to me. That's all I got to say about that. I do want to say about that. <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube is where I'm at. And as always, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, go down to the comment section or hit me up on OTC Volume 2 on Twitter or Instagram. And I changed my personal 
Twitter, and Instagram to Mike Garcia VO. That is my screen name for my work in the voiceover industry, as I'm going to be spending a lot more time on that. Before we end this night off, let's go to our superhero quote of the day. And it's going to be a special one because this is 10 years. Today is the 10th anniversary of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And you guys love that movie, the 10 year anniversary. And guess what? Brie Larson is in it. Chris Evans is in it. Hell, even Ant-Man is not Ant-Man. Jesus. Ray Palmer. There you go. Ray Palmer from the Arrowverse is in it too. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm, I'm human. It's okay. And this one is from Kim Pine. The line goes, Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. And my reaction to that is, COVID. I don't want to punch your face. I want to shoot you in the face. That's all I got to say about that. Take a great care. Take a great care. I can't, I, I can't even talk very well. <laughs> This is this is why they have jump cuts, and I'm I'm gonna see if I can incorporate some jump cuts within the video for next time. You know, still growing, still learning. Take care of yourself. Have a great uh, weekend. Stay safe. Take care, guys. As always, I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.